This edition of Truck Tales podcast is brought to you by Roll by ADP, your full service payroll software that's actually perfect for small businesses like food trucks. Um, and if you check them out now, Roll by ADP, uh, you could get three months of free service. So check it out. So every once in a while, um, we actually follow up with some of our uh, interviews. Um, we just did, heard a great interview with um, Nadim Batla, who is the chairman uh, and CEO of World Food Trucks in Central Florida, but he forgot to tell us some very important things. So luckily he followed up and Nadim, you're back with us to tell us some of the things that, that um, I believe our, our audience would really like to know more about. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me back on. I really do appreciate it. So the, the two big things that we are working on is, and we'll do the first one, is the World Food Trucks Emergency Response Team. And we did this in response, of course, to Hurricane Ian that so devastated the Central Florida community. We now have a stable of trucks that will travel anywhere from the West Coast to the East Coast of Florida and serve hot, delicious meals to those who are affected by natural disasters. And we did a big event just a few weeks ago where we fed over 900 people that, that had lost their homes due to flooding, uh, due to Hurricane Ian. Let, let, me, let me repeat where you are. You're in Kissimmee, Florida, which is right in the central uh, Florida. So you're obviously right in the bullseye of where uh, help is needed. And I'm sure food trucks are pitching in uh, actually all over Florida and even some food trucks from food trucks um, from other parts of the country uh, headed down there to help as well. And um, of course, uh, food trucks are mobile, so they're pretty, pretty useful uh, in a disaster like this. And leading into Thanksgiving, I'm sure you'll be very, very busy. You also have an academy that I think folks would be interested in hearing about. Please tell us about that. Sure. So the World Food Truck Academy was originally thought of as how do we help our food trucks grow from mom and pop to small business to mid-sized business and then to large business where they would have multiple food trucks and multiple brick and mortar locations. So that food truck academy really starts from the very basics. Uh, most of our food truck operators are recent immigrants to the United States. So English is a second language for them. So the first thing we have done is created English language classes for all of our food truck owners and their families. And then we're also teaching them, we bring in experts to show them, how do you use QuickBooks? How do you do credit card processing? How do you create a profit and loss statement and a balance sheet? So actually very important information, especially for food trucks. And you're right, they're small business owners. So many have uh, challenges. Uh, in trying to get their business started. Is this uh, service available everywhere or only to food trucks in, in Central Florida? So it, right now it's only for the, the food trucks that are tenants at World Food Trucks. However, the thought is, the plan is to expand that out nationwide and anybody who is interested in learning would be more than welcome to join the World Food Truck Academy. And how did they find you, Nadim? They can find us online at worldfoodtrucks.com or simply Google World Food Trucks and all of our information will come up. 
Nadim Batla, President and CEO of World Food Trucks in Central Florida. Thanks again. Uh, this is important information, and I'm sure many of our listeners uh, will be very interested, and you'll be you'll be hearing from a lot of them. Uh, and we're brought to you, I want to just say it again, because it's consistent with what you just mentioned, uh, by Roll by ADP, which has been a sponsor of ours uh, recently. And uh, we're grateful to them. We're also very grateful to you, Nadim. Thanks for getting in, back in touch with us. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Have a fabulous week. You as well. This podcast is brought to you by Roll by ADP. Let's face it, you get into the food truck business because you love to cook, not to do payroll or file taxes. That's why you can choose Roll by ADP, the payroll app built for small business owners. Check them out, Roll by ADP. You could get three months for free. So as everybody who follows Truck Tales knows, every once in a while we come across a story around the country on what a community may be doing or working through or considering when it comes to food trucks. It's always helpful to know what people are doing. I particularly enjoy hearing the process uh, so that we can identify where some of the concerns are. And we're lucky enough, I recently came across a story about Long Beach, California, um, about what they're doing. Uh, we need to clarify because the article made it sound like the regulations were already uh, uh, approved. We're lucky to have Daniel Ramirez and Richard Magana. How did I do, Richard? Perfect. Yeah, pronounce perfect. it. Pronounce it okay. Um, tell us a little bit about what actually is going on in Long Beach, and then I'll ask a few questions, of course. Sure. Thank you for that introduction. Uh, name is Daniel Ramirez. We're for Public Works uh, in the city of Long Beach here. I am the acting food truck coordinator. So currently in the city, food truck operators are allowed to operate so long as they have an LA County health permit or a Long Beach health permit and a city of Long Beach business license, right? Um, you know, we expect them to abide by all posted parking restrictions, whether they be time or size restrictions. Um, do, you mind, and, do you mind just mentioning what a couple of those restrictions are? I mean, are there restrictions sure. about, about uh, being too close to brick and mortar? Are there restrictions about hours? Any of that, if you just let us know a little bit about what is, what is restricted. Sure. So uh, when I'm talking about parking restrictions, that, that's specifically what I'm talking about is parking restrictions in terms of, let's say there is a two hour parking time limit, right? We, we expect food truck operators to abide by those parking uh, restrictions. There aren't any restrictions on distance between uh, brick and mortar or, or anything like that. We're not restricting trade. Uh, and, and what I'd like to clarify is that, you know, the article you mentioned, uh, makes it seem as if there are new regulations in the city, and that's simply not the case. Uh, city is currently working on revamping a food truck ordinance that will outline the do's and don'ts of operating a food truck in our city. So, like I said, currently operators are allowed to operate in the city if they have a food truck uh, or a health permit, rather, from LA County or from the city of Long Beach. Um, we would like to, or we plan to require food trucks to have a city of Long Beach health permit. Okay, that, that's going to be one of the changes um, where no longer can an LA County health permit allow you to operate in the city, right? But is there, for, is there, what is, what is this, if you don't mind, and I wanna get back to the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the two hour 
sure. um, limitation as well, because that obviously comes up around the country. Uh, but what what are the um, what are you think? How are you thinking about revamping? So as far as the permit goes, uh, the health permit, uh, that, that's one of the major changes that, that's going to happen, right? Uh, and the reason for that is if an operator is operating a food truck in the city of Long Beach, the city of Long Beach has its own health department. Though the city of Long Beach is within L.A. County, we are not under L.A. County supervision. City of Long Beach has its own health department. So we are our own health area, and we regulate in Long Beach. And when I say we, we I mean the health department. So if a food truck operator is operating in Long Beach with an L.A. County health permit, the city of Long Beach does not have jurisdiction to enforce any of the California health code on that food truck. Now, LA County will not come into Long Beach because it is another health jurisdiction. So LA County will not enforce any of these regulations either. So, at so this, nobody's enforcing anything. Nobody's enforcing. Exactly. Yeah. So since there is no enforcement or there is no mechanism for enforcement, aside from, you know, the annual or biannual uh, health permit check that, you know, LA County may be doing, if we get a complaint, uh, unfortunately, there, there's no enforcement mechanism there if they have an LA County health permit. So because of that, that's one of the major changes we want to make with this uh, food truck ordinance. Um, you know, we're not trying to ban food trucks. We're not trying to restrict trade of food trucks. We are just trying to ensure that food trucks are operating in our city safely. Okay, That's but let, let's talk about the two-hour limitation. Sure. Um, so you're saying that a truck can park for two hours and after two hours they have to move? That is the expectation because they are a vehicle just like any other vehicle. If there is a two-hour posted uh, time limit, yes. And you don't see that as being restrictive at all because it, 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 for a food truck to pick up and move mm -hmm. um, is not easy. <laughs> That's a, that maybe a lot, a lot of things have to happen for a truck to be able to move. Right. Um, I, I'm surprised there has been no pushback on this. The food trucks are okay on it or, or do they have any input uh, into how you're, um, how you're proceeding? So again, because this, uh, food truck ordinance is still being drafted. Uh, we've had input from um, different stakeholders, both the residents brick and mortar and food truck operators. Um, we haven't finalized any of these regulations. So that's what's expected today. Now, when we revise our food truck um, ordinance, or rather when we enact a food truck ordinance, uh, that's what we will be looking at. It, or time restrictions, um, place restrictions of where they can and cannot operate in the city. And that's what we're looking at. And we're going to be looking at it through a health, safety, welfare, and equity lens, right? Um, yes, we've heard that a two-hour parking limit is simply not enough. But when food trucks are parked in an area where 
a lot of visitors come by and, and you know, will will frequent these areas. If a food truck sets up and stays in one location for five, six hours, well, they're not giving other residents or visitors of the city a fair shake at parking and visiting some of these attractions that we have here in the city. Yeah, so, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be interested to hear how your food trucks uh, respond to that only because we, we do see that. Mm -hmm. um, we have dealt with that. Uh, it is pretty difficult, again, for a truck to move. Um, I know you probably want to spread the, the, the wealth a little bit and certainly the food um, and the availability, which makes a lot of sense, of course. Um, but I'll be interested to see what the food trucks, how the food trucks feel about that. I did see in the article that I was referring to earlier that the trucks do have strong feelings um, and are participating. So it's good to hear that you're um, that you're taking their their opinions into consideration and their input into consideration. At the beginning, you identified yourself as acting. Um, will there be somebody who will take over as a permanent contact in the city of Long Beach for food trucks? Yes, and that is expected to be me. It is just that the title has not been finalized yet. Well, congratulations in advance, I think. Not, not sure. <laughs> We're speaking to two um, city officials from the city of Long Beach, California. Daniel Ramirez is the person who's been speaking. Uh, Richard Magana um, is also um, joining us. I don't know, uh, Richard, if you have any other input that you want to add to this. Um, I just find it very interesting that about the process of what, what are you considering, what's important, uh, what's important to you, what's important to the food trucks. I did hear you say, maybe Richard wants to mention this. Um, so, um, I, wait, hold on one sec. I, I, let, me, let me just finish that thought. I did hear you say that um, you are taking into account the um, you're not trying to restrict small business and that obviously uh, every food truck is really for the most part a small business. Sorry, Richard, I apologize. No problem. Um, it just it's important to note that, you know, food trucks have evolved and changed a lot since like, you know, since from when they were called roach coaches and you would only see them at construction sites, right? Like it's completely changed uh, as an industry. And the city recognizes that. And, you know, at the beginning, before we started recording, we were talking about the press telegram uh, article covering the hearing. And if you go back and you watch the city council comment, you know, all of us recognize the value that food trucks bring into our city, how they activate areas that, you know, may not have had a lot of uh, foot traffic before. So like, you know, we're very cognizant of the economic benefit that they bring, right? And uh, we recognize that the industry has changed. It's like, you know, you have gourmet food trucks now with uh, brand new concepts. Like in the Los Angeles area, you know, you have the Kogi truck that's grown into a huge brand. So he started it all, by the way. He yeah, started yeah. it all. Yeah, he's yeah. quite an industry in, in and of himself, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, hear, I hearing you say that, hear, hearing you say that um, actually makes me feel a little bit better. Um, because it's true. Um, I don't believe a lot of uh, communities recognize that. Did anything change because of COVID or was all of this in the works uh, before the pandemic? 
So it was in the works before the pandemic. The pandemic happened. City shifted a lot of resources into, you know, just keeping people alive, you know, contact tracing, things like that. Uh, things have died down a little bit. So we brought our attention to it again. Well, it's good to hear, and it's nice to speak to both of you, and I, I appreciate you taking the time. I really do. Um, I, I will keep checking back with you. You have my contact information, and we certainly would like to share whatever happens in Long Beach eventually uh, with our audience. What is the time frame on your end, or is there a time frame? So, yes, there is a time frame. Uh, again, we are still drafting the ordinance. We are still drafting the recommendations. Uh, we would like to go back to the community and get more feedback from the community from you know external stakeholders so uh we are looking to uh, bring this back to council uh q1 of 2023 so between um i would say between march and april is when we're hoping to bring this in front of council for a vote uh if any of your listeners would like to uh stay in touch be involved uh i can provide you with a link to uh, please do that was that. my that was my next question yep how, how can people be in touch yeah so it's um bit.ly slash clb food vendor uh and i will provide that do, to do, you do, do that do that again please so it's bit bit dot ly forward slash clb food vendor uh, okay. and, and I will provide that to you if you can drop Please. a link. Um, we really appreciate it. If anyone sure. would like to uh, provide comment, um, be in touch, uh, follow the progress, um, you know, we'd get your information and we can keep you in the loop. Uh, and we will, put, we will put that on our website, which is foodtruckventures.com uh, and, and look forward to having you send that to us. And really, we wish you the best, um, seriously. Uh, as communities start to value food trucks and see the economic value of food trucks. I'm really got, glad that Richard brought that up because I believe it's, I personally, since I work with thousands of food trucks, um, I personally believe it's fundamental, um, but it is a learning process. And I hate to put the, do a pun, but it is an acquired taste for a community. <laughs> Um, and a lot of communities are nervous about it. Yep, uh, we understand that, but we are believers. Uh, we're also foodies, so that probably helps us as, as well. Something tells me the two of you might be foodies as well. <laughs> Absolutely. A truck to go to after this. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I, I would just want to, uh, again, reiterate that, you know, there's been some concern both from the public and from food truck operators that the city of Long Beach is trying to prohibit food trucks in the city. It's simply not the case. You know, we, again, we just want to ensure that food trucks are operating safely within our city. That is well, you go, boy. That's all I can say. You, <laughs> you go. Uh, and we're rooting for you. And we look forward to staying in touch. We've been talk talking with uh, two gentlemen from Long Beach, California, about the process they are going through to support and oversee food trucks in their city. Um, and we'll stay in touch. And thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. Of course. Thank you yep, so much. Thank you for having us. Uh, let, me just, let me just stop the recordings so that um, I can thank you a little bit more officially. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Um, please tell, uh, I'm sorry, now I lost you. Please tell Katie that I hope she feels better.
Um, and keep us on your Rolodex. If you don't mind, let us know what's going on. Absolutely. We'll do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate, Appreciate it very much. Thanks, right. gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. We are brought to you by Roll by ADP. If you run a food truck business, your business is always on the move, and that's why folks in the food industry choose Roll by ADP, the only chat-based mobile payroll app to handle all their payroll needs. Uh, so now we get a chance to talk to uh, something and about something that I think is really interesting. Um, I don't know why it caught my fancy, but it did. Um, and a couple of people are, are joining us to help me uh, understand my fancy. Everybody loves lobster. Everybody loves lobster, no matter where you live, even, or maybe I should say, especially if you live in Detroit. Um, but I'm fascinated by lobster in Detroit. Like, how does it get there? Anyway, we're going to talk to two people from Cousins Maine Lobster, uh, Annie Sikalis. Salikas. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm going to refer to you as Annie. Great. Um, and uh, Muhammad Zar, who goes by Mo, which is a lot easier uh, for me to pronounce for sure. Um, and um, we're going to talk about lobster anywhere, everywhere, but also about uh, lobster in Detroit, since uh, apparently there's some expansion going on in Detroit. So let's start with the big picture, the national picture of Cousins Maine Lobster. Uh, I live in Boston, so I'm very familiar with lobster. Um, and But you have lobster all over the country, Annie. We do. Um, we we have been very fortunate uh, at Cousins Maine Lobster to have a very um, strategic, but also uh, robust growth pattern, especially in the last several years. Uh, as you know, we do have two food trucks in your market. Um, we've got one that is really dedicated to Boston um, and, and the Boston suburbs, and then one that's more focused on the South Shore and Cape Cod. Um, that's, that location actually opened in 2020 at the very early days of the pandemic and has been crushing it ever since. Um, but Cousins Maine Lobster was founded in 2012 with one food truck out in Los Angeles, founded by Jim Salikas and Sabin Lomack, and respectively, they are my brother and my cousin. Um, say, there must be must be some connection there, right? Yeah, uh, a little bit. <laughs> but at that why time, they, why did they call it Maine Lobster? Cousins mm -hmm. Maine Lobster. So we are all from Maine. Jim and I grew up in a town called Cape Elizabeth. Sabin grew up in Scarborough, um, and we have a lot of family that are out in California, a um, number of cousins and aunts and uncles out there. And whenever our family would get together in the summertime, when everybody would come home, um, we would all get together over lobster, um, backyard lobster bakes, uh, lobster rolls at lobster shacks here in Cape Elizabeth and around the greater Portland area. Um, it just, it's a, it's a really amazing experience. I think lobster, unlike the majority of other foods really is an experience that people remember and um and they connect it to being in maine being on the coast or even being in new england um and just really having very fond memories of being in that environment and having having a really fun time around food um i'm gonna and, i'm gonna make an admission yes it, it's going to be 70 degrees in Boston today. Mm -hmm. Now it's November 4th or whatever the date is. We're in November. Yep. Um, and I'm going to have a lobster roll. I love it. And who would have thought that you'd have a lobster roll in November? I love so, it. So 
Yeah. Well, so so to continue on, so lobster, um, so the other reason, so A, we are from, from Maine. B, um, we are committed to sourcing lobster from Maine. So integrating the Maine brand into the, into the brand of the company was really important for us. Um, we are actually all, I live in Maine still. Um, my brother and my cousin were here this week. We were doing some, some franchisee training. We were shooting some video with, uh, one of our old friends who's a lobster fisherman here in the Portland area. Um, we are deeply connected to this industry. So when Jim and Sabin started Cousins Maine Lobster in 2012, I was actually, I had been working in the lobster industry for five years. Um, so I continued to work in the lobster industry. I didn't join Cousins Maine Lobster until May of last year. Um, but I've done sales and marketing in the lobster business. I've worked with groups of commercial fishermen. Uh, I've exported lobster all around the world, live lobster. Um, and so joining Cousins Maine Lobster was just, the timing was finally right for all of us. Um, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> when they hired me, we didn't really have a specific plan about what they wanted me to do. Um, but I am a very creative person. I care deeply about this industry and we figured, you know, we'd, we'd figure out a way to make it work. And after let, let, year, we're going to get back to, um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the industry, but you did mention franchising. So let's get to Mo. Yeah. So Mo, you're a franchisee in Detroit. Yes. And you've expanded. So tell me a little bit about, tell us a little bit uh, about what you now offer in uh, Detroit, and then I have a fundamental question for you. Well, we offer the same thing you can buy that all the other trucks offer, in a sense. Um, our lobster rolls, lobster tacos, lobster tots, etc., crab rolls, you know, all that good stuff. What's the name of your truck? Uh, the, the trucks, all the trucks in itself are called Cousins Main Lobster, okay. and they have the city attached to it. So it would be Cousins Main Lobster Detroit. So I'm fascinated by, I, I, I mean, clearly I know how New England gets their lobster. Um, but I told Annie when we first connected that, how do you get lobster into the middle of the country? It's not like you can uh, uh, fish for it yourself um, or go out and there's really nowhere to go. So how do you get it? So we ship lobster, everything goes over the road. Um, we There's a very intricate network for the entire food industry across the country and we ship everything on a truck. Um, over the road to, to Mo and his team. He'll place his orders. We do all the fulfillment. We have our own distribution company at Cousins Maine Lobster. And so he, he places his order and then everything ships directly to him and he distributes to his trucks and, and manages all, everything on his end. So it's, it's still fresh, in other words. I guess that's the key, um, is how do you keep a product like lobster fresh enough uh, well, so I mean, that, as you as you might imagine, these food trucks are very small. We're not shipping forty thousand pounds of live lobster to Mo. Mo is receiving prepared lobster meat that he is then, you know, distributing into his lobster rolls. His his kitchen space on his truck is very small. I mean, you've only got what Mo on, when you're out running your trucks. How many people do you have staffing the truck? I mean, on a busy if we know it's going to be a busy day, we'll put probably seven, but it's tight. Yeah. So seven people in a truck are, they're not, they're not receiving live lobsters, cooking them and picking them. We do all that work on the back end. We're sending them prepared lobster meat, the highest quality lobster products that, that you can buy, we purchase. Um, and we're very focused on, on having that quality experience delivered all around the country. Yeah, that, that would be a product I would imagine has to stay fresh. But so Mo, how um, are people still 
ordering lobster rolls year round, like through the winter? So uh, I've called other franchisees in different um, cities to get their opinions on the winter times. Um, some, you know, the guys run in Boston and in New York, for example. Um, this is going to be my first winter uh, we're going into here. Um, but it's getting cold here in Detroit, as you guys can imagine, and uh, it hasn't slowed down not even a bit. Um, they've really taken full, uh, all, all of our customers, we're directing them towards our mobile app, which is very convenient, where you can just place an order right on our app, you get reward points and all that good stuff, and it'll give you well, a well, well, while you're talking about it, why don't you give the, uh, the, the address so that people who are listening who are already salivating and would love to be, if they're in your area, how can they find you? Uh, they'll be able to find us on our website at CousinsMadeLobster.com and you just go on the Detroit link or you can find us on our app Cousins Made Lobster or on our Facebook at Cousins Made Lobster Detroit. Between all three of those, you'll find our locations pretty much every day. And Annie, I would imagine that's uh, how people can find uh, their lobster fix uh, in any of your markets. How many markets are you in? We have about 50, we have 50 trucks in uh, what is a, a constantly, a, like almost a daily growing number of cities across the country. We're in about 30 cities. Um, we're in, you know, we've got a number of locations in Texas. We're in Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, New York, Boston. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's unbelievable. Um, we've seen incredible growth and, and Mo is a great example of that. Mo started, he received his first truck on June 3rd was your first event, right? Yeah. So, so it's June 3rd, 2022? Yes. Wow. And you're already and you're already getting a, a second franchise? Uh, yeah, we already actually started uh, on the 21st of October. We actually we started, I, I think, a month, directly a month, I believe, after was when we, we asked and placed another order for a truck. Congratulations, really. Um, we're talking with a Cousins Maine Lobster, Annie Salikas. Yes. Ah, how'd I do? Uh, and uh, <laughs> Mozar who is a Detroit franchisee who just um, started a second truck uh, in uh, in Detroit. And I'm just fascinated. First of all, it's a universal product. Uh, second of all, it's a very popular product. Annie, if anybody's interested in becoming a franchisee, um, how, how do they do that? How can they be in touch with you? Um, so on our website, CousinsMainLobster.com, there is a, there's a, a link to to join the franchise family. And there's information on there. That's actually how Mo went through that exact process himself. Um, went onto the website, cousinsmaylobster.com, filled out the franchise form and, um, and he got an email response from us. And then we start the process of having conversations with people about, about how to start franchising. And, um, you know, we go through pretty extensive vetting process. Uh, Mo and any other prospect will do a substantial amount of due diligence on their market. Um, and then once they're, once they sign their franchise agreement, we, uh, have a very, you know, very strategic onboarding process for everybody, because what we want is for everybody to be set up for success. We know that people are coming into this business without having run previous food and beverage businesses or run food trucks. Um, sometimes people are first time business owners. And so that, that experience can be very daunting for people. We want people to be set up and ready to go. Um, we do hands-on training in Maine, Los Angeles, and then we go to the city to help with the grand opening. So Mo had a team of people on site to help train his staff, um, and, and support the soft opening, the friends and family and the, and the grand opening event. What kind of, just curious that we're kind of out of time, but what kind of um, due diligence, Mo? Did you did you own a truck before uh, the no. main? No. 
were you in the restaurant business at all? Uh, yeah, we're in the retail business and we have some of the restaurant businesses as well. We had a lot of Midwest local uh, franchise that we were affiliated with, but nothing like Cousins. Um, the due diligence process was a lot and I see why. I, I was at the beginning, you know, very, you know, annoyed about some things and I, I ended up calling them later on after like a month after over. I'm like, thank you guys for everything, for all the- Well, uh, just, just out of curiosity, why? Cousins Main Lobster. You could, I mean, could have started a truck for anything, for any menu. I just believe it's a novelty item that a lot of people can't can't get to unless they go to a, a white uh, cloth dinner. You know what I mean? At a, or, or, a or New England. Or New England, yeah. But unfortunately, we're all in Detroit. We don't have many yeah. options unless you go to a high-end restaurant. So, um, you know, the price is in half and it's to go and it's, you know, it's a very convenient to people. So I just felt like it was a good idea. And uh, we actually did see them on Shark Tank. So that's, well, I was I was going to say you probably uh you looks like you're turning out to be right. So we'll be back <laughs> we'll be back to you when you get your tenth uh, food truck. No oh, problem. Oh, thanks oh. to both of you, Annie. Thanks so much. Please stay in touch with us. Um and Mo, all the best. I I tell you right now, I won't be in Detroit to test your lobster, but um I do know cousins Maine lobster in New in the Boston area, so I'm sure we'll be bumping into them. No problem. Thank you both very much. Have a have a great holiday season. Thank, Thank you. you very much. You too. And I just uh, want to mention very quickly that we are brought to you by Roll by ADP, uh, your small business payroll made easy. And you can get three months for free at rollbyadp.com.